You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Spend a few moments, and you know, there's millions of people today waiting, waiting for a, for a, for a big game. They are. There's millions and millions of people spending lots of dollars waiting to watch a big game, and it's not the Super Bowl. It's it's really the game of your life. People are waiting to see, you know, how is it going to play out? What's going on in our lives this morning that people can't wait to see? So really, the, the message of, of uh, this morning is there's a great game going on. There is a great game going on. And this game is called your life. And I think if, if we recognize that uh, a lot of times we look at this game called life, you know, there's a lot of reasons of why we don't want to be in this game. Because it's not always easy to be in the game. It's, it's, and, and really, I, I have written down a couple of, of points for you this morning of reasons why we don't want to be in our game. And really the first reason is many of us have dropped the ball too many times. We've made a lot of mistakes. We keep dropping the ball and we come fumbling the ball and, and then we wonder like, you know what, why am I in this game? And, and my prayer is this morning that if, if wherever you are at today, that if, if you fit in one of these categories, that my, my prayer is that, that at the end of this service that you won't feel like that anymore. Because we have one opportunity that God gives us, and it's only one journey, it's only one plan, and it's really the plan that he has for you and for me. And if, if you, maybe this morning it's like, you know what, Rich, I, I just, I, I'm, I've done way too many mistakes in my life, and I really don't want to play in this game. And may, maybe some of you guys are just t- tired of, of fighting this game, because it's not always easy. It's easier to watch from the sidelines, Right? When you're not in the game, uh, again, there's not a lot of responsibilities. There's no accountability. But, uh, but really, the world is waiting in anticipation of wanting to see you in the game. Because everything that, that God has created in your life is that you experience in the game, not watching the game. And, and again, so sometimes we say, well, you know what? Many of us don't even know if we want to be in the game. Many, it's easier to watch someone else's game. Because if I'm watching someone else's, at least I, man, if, if their life is going really good, I can be excited about something. But nowhere in scripture do you see God asking you to watch someone else's game, but he wants you to watch your own game. Because this game was created for you, by you, for him, for him. And I think if we don't recognize this morning that if we're not playing in the game, where are we going to experience all of God's best that he has for us? And it, sometimes it seems like we're so far behind in the game. Maybe at the halftime it looks like the score, like we're far behind. But it doesn't really matter what the score is, right? Because at the end of this, this life, we know we win. And I think for us this morning is that th- there's a couple of, uh, of examples I want to share with you this morning, really based on in, that would encourage us and, and show us that that this game called life is not about you watching from the sidelines, but it's about what God wants you to experience every day in your life. Every day. 
And if we can learn how to enjoy the moment so that we can win the moment, so that we can win the day, we would experience so much more that God has for us. And in first, the book of 1 John, there's an example that I want to share with you. And really, it's, it's a description that, that John gives us that talks about him being in the game. Because, I mean, I love hearing people's, you know, stories and testimonies and, and things like that. But I would rather hear your testimony. I would rather hear your experience of what God is doing in your life. So here in 1 John uh, chapter 1, th this is a description that he gives. He says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. The one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him, and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is the eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you that what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. And I think it's important to, to recognize that John is, is kind of giving us a dis description of his experience with God. Yeah, maybe he heard and maybe he saw, but then he experienced what God had for him, right? And I think sometimes for us is that, man, we, we love hearing what God is doing over there, what God's doing over there. But when you're in the game... You get to share what God is doing in your life and in your game. And I think it's important, and, and, I, and I pray that, that this morning that we can be challenged, we can be encouraged, and walk out of this place knowing that the only game I have to play is the game that God's created for me. And John gives us a, 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 a great description of what was from the beginning. See, this didn't just happen. God has this amazing plan, amazing purpose, and the power that you need to live out this plan that he created for you. Why? Because you are the main part in your game. You, you are, you're not the focal point, but you have to be in the game. And if you're not in the game, you're missing a great opportunity for people to see how God works in your game. Right? Does that make sense? And I think, guys, this morning, I think if, if John says, you know what, it was from the beginning... This didn't just happen. The second thing is what we have heard. See, the more we recognize when we, when we are in the game, that all of a sudden you start experiencing, not only do you start hearing, but you start seeing things that God does in your life. So I, I love this, this, this description that, that he gives us that, man, what we have heard, what we have seen, what we have experienced. And, and I can't think about so many times is that people need you in the game. Your neighbors need you in the game. Your coworkers need you in the game. Why? Because they want to hear about the experience that you're having in this thing called game of life. And, and if we're not, sometimes we feel like, man, you know what? <clears throat> I, I don't feel like I'm qualified to be in the game. Well, you know what? Welcome to the club. None of us are qualified. But God has made a way for you, to, for you and I to be qualified because of what he did. 
Not because of what I did or what you did or anybody else did, but because of what Jesus Christ did, we are qualified to be in our game. See, because this game doesn't, nobody else can play in this game of life but you. And sometimes, you know, I wrote down a couple of reasons of why, you know, we we don't want to play in this game. And a lot of them are valid. Like, man, I'm tired of playing in this game. I'm tired of dropping the ball in this game. But you know what? People need you this morning to be in your game of life. People need to hear the experience that you're having with God. And again, not that everything always works out. Sometimes in the scoreboard shows us down, and that's okay. But I would rather let people see me when, the, when I'm behind in the score because I'm still relying and trusting that God's going to get it done. And it doesn't matter what you've experienced in your life. Is that still there is a game that has to continue because this game is not over. And your life has so much more for that people can see, people can hear, and people can experience what God is doing in your life this morning. So, so just think about that. Is that wherever you are at in the game, you know, the, the, the question is that, are you in the game? How many of us are really, can we say, you know what, Richard, I am in, I'm in the game, man. You know what, right now I'm a little behind. But that's okay because this game's not over. And, and I think the more we, we realize and we recognize that, that there is only one game that you have to play in and it's your game, so what's the problem? And I think sometimes we, we enjoy seeing from afar like, man, I wish I was in that game. See, that game over there, it's not your game. Your game is where you are at today in your life. And I want to give you an example in another in scripture in Luke chapter 5 that I think a lot of us find ourselves in this situation. And really Luke kind of gives us a, 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 a kind of a picture of, of Simon just being, uh, having a bad day really in reality. Having a bad day. And in Luke chapter 5 verse 1, it says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee... Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out from the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the, he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper. And let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night. Last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boats. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. And I'll stop there. I mean, th- think about what we see here. The boats were put away. Why were the boats put, put, put away? Because they were done, right? They were done for the day. And I think sometimes we've put our, away our own boats because we think we're done. But when you realize this morning that in the game of life that's called your, really your game, it's never over. It's never over. And after a frustrating day for, for these master fishermen, 
They put their boats away, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up on the scene and says, Hey, Simon, I appreciate that you're done for the day, but I need your boat. And, and think about this question. What is, a, what is God asking you to use this morning? You're like, Richard, I really don't have a lot to offer. You know what? Yeah, you do. Because when you're in the game, you have everything that he needs when you're in the game. And I think sometimes we look at our lives, I'm like, man, you know what? I'm just, I've had a bad day and I'm putting my boat away and I'm done for the day. It's when Jesus shows up and says, you know what? I need to borrow your boat. I need to borrow your life. Because imagine what he told him next. He goes, Simon, I need your boat. He gets into the boat. He says, I need you to take me away so that I can preach the message. And, and I want to just stop there for a second. Is that God is asking you and I, will you take your boat? Will you allow me to use your boat, your life, so I can stand on it and use it as a platform to preach my message? I mean, think about that. And you're like, well, what, what, what do I have to offer God? Nothing. That's more important is, what does God have to offer you? What is God telling you this morning? Say, you know what, man, I, I know you're good at this. I, I know you've done it alone for a while. But I want to get in the boat with you. And I want to live life together. I want you to be in this game. But I'm going to be part of the game. I'm going to give you what you need to be able to play in the game, to be able to find success in the game, and more importantly, to win the game. And I think sometimes we look at our own lives and we're like, man, what, why, why me? Why would you want to use me? Because when God created you with this plan, this world needs you to be in the game. And if you're watching this game from afar, there is, there is people that are missing a great opportunity to see you in the game. And I, and I think about Simon getting to a point like, you know what? We're done. We're washing our, we're washing our nets. And because you know what, man, even though I'm a good fisherman, today I, got, I didn't catch anything. What have you put away that you think that God can't use anymore? Guys, we all, we all struggle sometimes. We all find ourselves like, you know what, man? I'm done with that part of my life. And yet, how can he be part of, done with that part of his life when that's what he does every day? And, and I want to encourage you this morning is, you know what, whatever you've put away, whatever you think you're done with, that God's not done with it yet. He wants to use what you have as his platform to continue to share the message through your life. And sometimes we don't feel like, again, qualified. We don't feel like we're spiritual enough. We're, you know, we don't, we're not smart enough. But again, you have to recognize that when God created this amazing plan, called your life, everything that you needed to fulfill this plan, you already have. You don't need more stuff. You don't need more qualifications because when he's in the boat with you, you have everything that you need, right? And, and I think sometimes as you look on this example is that we wash our nets, we put our boat away. But notice how he tells Simon, take me a little bit deeper. Why would, why would he ask Simon to go deeper? Simon knew where to go. He's a fisherman. And I think sometimes we think we know how far to go. But when God gets on your boat to use your life as a platform, he's asking you, man, you know what? Go a little bit deeper this time. 
Because you know what happens a lot of times is we get comfortable. Man, I've been here before. I know what this feels like. I'm comfortable here. But when, when God gets involved in the game, he's saying, you know what? I know you've always stopped here. I need you to go further this time. Because I want you to experience something that you've never experienced before. I want you to go to a place that you've never been before. And I think Simon was, again, knew kind of what his comfort zone was. And I think a lot of us this morning, we're stuck in this comfort zone. It's like, I'm only going to go this far. And God's saying, why? I need you to go further than you've ever been. I need you to go deeper than you've ever been. Why? Because now you have to trust me because you've never been there before. And think about that. Even, even in the Old Testament, the Bible says, you know, that, that how will we know that God was with us? Because you're going to go places you've never been before. You're going to experience things in your life that you've never experienced before. And that's what God wants to do in our own lives as while we play in the game, get involved in the game, is that God will take us places we've never been. God will let you experience something that you've never experienced before. And we cannot stay in the comfort zone, guys. We can't. God wants to do so much more. But, but, the, but the question is, are we willing to play in the game? Your game. And I think sometimes we, we find ourselves in, and we're just, man, we're tired. We're beat up sometimes. And we can't wait till halftime to take a break. But man, if, if God is involved in the game, we can't stop. And, and I love how he finishes by, by telling Simon, you know, hey, you know what? I, I appreciate you being really good at what you're doing. But let me do it with you this time. Because at, at the end of that verse, in verse 8, Simon response, responded in a way that kind of just blows my own thought process away. It says in verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. You're like, where'd that come from? I mean, think about that. Where did that come from? All, right? He had just experienced something that he had never experienced. I mean, to the point where he needed help from other people to get all the fish that he had just caught, right? And all of a sudden, he sees himself like, man, you know what? I've been doing this a long time. But I've never caught this much fish. And all of a sudden, he starts seeing Jesus in a whole different way. He's like, wait a minute. I've been doing this a long time, but Jesus had never been in the boat with me while I did it. And I think sometimes in our own lives, we've been trying to play this game of life on our own. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I think when you think about the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, there's, there's two gospels that, that we find, and, and I think we're warned in Scripture to, that there is no other gospel, but yet we live another gospel. And really the first gospel is, is a, I can do it on my own gospel, right? I can do this. I've been doing it for a long time. And the other gospel, the true gospel is I can't do anything without Jesus Christ in my life. And, and I think sometimes when we look at, at this scenario is that Simon understood as, you know what, man, I was a pretty good fisherman. But when Jesus was in my boat, I saw something that I had never seen before. 
I caught more fish that day than I had in my whole life. And I think that's what God is reminding you and I this morning is that do you want to experience something that God has prepared for you or do you really want to keep doing what you're doing alone? Because if we're going to think that we're going to be able to live this life without Christ in the center of it, we're really, in reality, we're fooling ourselves. And I don't know how many times we've been asked and we've been told, like, you know what, like, what qualifies you to be doing what you're doing? Absolutely nothing. And I think if you look at where you are at today is that we've all experienced life, and sometimes life isn't fair, but if we allow God to be totally the source of our, of our power in the game, is that we'll always have enough of what we need to continue to be in the game. So, so I want you to think about that for a second. Where, where are you right now? What is it that maybe that you feel like, man, you know what? I put that part of my life away. And, and really, what does God want to use as his platform in your life? It doesn't, it doesn't matter where you are at today. Because your life, when it becomes a platform for Jesus Christ to use it, things happen. And it's crazy to think about that the more that this story has been written about our lives is that at the end of the day, it's not about my story, but it's about his story, right? And, and I just think, man, when we look at that, our life is God's platform. What could happen if whatever you're doing today in your life, whatever is going on in your life, and sometimes we look at our marriage, and sometimes we look at our kids, we look at our situations, we look at conditions. But I, I, my, my, my view of this situation with Simon Peter is that he recognized that, that Jesus says, you know what, Simon, I appreciate your ability, but I need your availability right now. I need you to be available for me to use you in ways that you've never been used. I need your availability so that I can do the things that I, that I planned and I purposed in your life. So maybe this morning you're like, man, I just don't feel any value in my life. There is much more value than you could ever imagine in your life. And there's a world out there waiting for, for you to be in your game so they can hear, they can see, they can experience what God is doing in your life. Isn't that exciting to think about that this morning? I mean, let's enjoy the journey, guys. We get one shot at this thing called life. Man, let, let's enjoy it. Let's be involved in the game. Man, God didn't call you to be a fan. He called you to be a follower. You know that. And he didn't call you to watch the game from the sidelines. He called you to be involved in your game that he's created for you. <clears throat> and I said in the first service about the experience versus the expectation. See, the world puts expectation on us. God creates an experience for us that no one can live but you, no one else. And I think if we start living through expectation instead of experience, we create false expectation for our lives. We got to be good at what we do, guys. I, I, I get that. We got we to be faithful. And, and I shared in the first service about we were flying back from the New Mexico Bowl. Wow. Right, Jake? And, and, but we're, we had won that game. And we were coming back, and we were in this huge plane. And there was, I don't know, there was hundreds of us in the plane. And, 
And God just showed me something that I'll never forget. And I'm like, and I just, I started weeping in the plane, not because we won, but because God showed me something that I had never seen before. And I said, like, what's going on here? Like, and I started thinking about my brother and how he had led us to Christ in 1987, March 1st, 7 p.m. And, and I'm thinking, like, okay, why am I thinking about my brother right now? And, and I just felt like God just, just said, like, you know what? You're living off of someone else's faithfulness. I mean, think about that statement. You're living off of someone else's faithfulness. And we all know, I've told the story before, how my brother's neighbor led him to Christ, who leads worship here. But all, if they weren't faithful to do what they've been called to do, what would happen to me and Margie? And I think, think about that statement, that if, if someone can say, because of your faithfulness, they're doing what they're doing now, because you've been faithful, how cool is that? Is that you're living off of someone else's faithfulness. And, and I thought about, man, how cool would, would it be that if Lino could be alive today and see me, uh, see me on this plane, what would he be thinking right now? Is that I'm so glad my neighbor led me to Christ and I'm so glad that I was able to share Jesus with you. And there's a world out there waiting for us, guys, to be faithful. Not perfect, not have it all together. But God, God is asking you to be faithful with what you have now so that he can impact and influence this message through your life and that your life becomes his platform. And, and I want to finish off with, it, with another verse in Exodus chapter 3 because I think a lot of us find ourselves here. In Exodus chapter 3, we find Moses, and you can know the story, the burning bush experience. But I, I think Moses' response was, was a lot like our response today. Because God's calling each and every one of us to get back in the game. But, but look at what he says here in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 11. It says, but Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answers, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, check this out, what's his name? What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. And, and I think when we find ourselves today, there is a story being written with your name on it. It's your story. It is. It's your story. 
But as God has written this story with your name on it, the story is about you. It is about, it is about you. You need to be in the story. But the main character is Jesus Christ. Think about that. Is the more we embrace who we are, what we are, and whose we are, yeah, the story's about you. But the more you allow Jesus Christ to become the main character in the story, people see your life, but they see Jesus in your life. And I think sometimes, you know, as we close, is maybe you don't like the way the story's going. But yet, Jesus is asking you. And really, I think Moses, at the end of those verses, a light switch went on. He says, oh. So you're asking me to be part of the story? But the story's not about me. It's about you setting your people free? I can do that. Is that I don't have to do it alone because you said you will go with me? Wherever you are in the story, my challenge to you, are you in the story? Because this world needs you to be playing in your game called your life. Guys, let's enjoy this journey that God has created for you and I. But there's only one person that can play the role in your story, and that's you. And if you're not playing your role, nobody else can play it. Guys, let's let's be challenged this morning. Is that there is a great game going on. And, And it's not the Super Bowl. It's your life. That people can't wait to see it. That people can see God all over your story. And a lot of times we don't want to be on this, on, on this team because we're afraid. And, and I've, asked, I've asked Alex to put on a t-shirt for you to model it if you don't mind standing up. Because you know why? We win, guys. We win. And it doesn't matter what the score is right now. It doesn't matter that U of A stomped all over ASU in football this year. What matters is that we win. We win. It doesn't matter what the score is right now. But you got to get in the game, guys. You, you got to be in the game because it's your game. It's your story. But you're just not the main character in the story. And as I close in a word of prayer, I want to challenge you wherever you are at today. Maybe you, you, don't, you don't like the story. But guys, it's your story. And everything you need is found there. It is. And I, I think about the last 37 years of, of being married, 36 and a half. If I would have wrote the story, there's no way I, I could have written it the way it's been written out. And I always think about why God chose us to be in the position we are, because it wasn't about our qualifications or how spiritual, how smart we are. And we struggled many years because I wasn't qualified enough in the world's eyes but when you recognize that it's your story and you have all the power to live out your story man you're not afraid to be in the story guys let's go out there and get back in the game it's your game it's your story 
And the more you live it out, the more they see Jesus Christ in the story. Let's pray. Lord, we are so in awe this morning that there's one game going on and yet millions of people are going to watch the Super Bowl, but it's not what they want to watch. It sees people's lives is what they want to see. They want to see what transformation looks like. They want to see what it looks like to be a, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And it's our own story that you've written for us. But you're all over the story. And Lord, I pray this morning as we close that maybe there's people in this, this room that have been watching this game, their game of life from afar, from the stands. My challenge and my prayer is that they would get back in the game today because it's their game. It's their story. And you are waiting for them to use their life as a platform to share your message. As I close, I, I, I pray that if there's somebody here this morning that would say, you know what, Richard, I, I that's me, man. I, I haven't been in the story. I haven't wanted to play in the game. I've made too many mistakes. God needs you in the game. This world needs you in the game. And I pray as we, with our heads bowed, and if there's anybody here that says, you know what, Richard, I want to get back in the game. We have the altar team up here that, and maybe you want to say, you just confess that, you know what, I've, I've been watching from the sidelines. And it's time for me to get back in the game. I pray that you would do that today. But don't leave this place without committing, not to us, but that you're just going to tell God, I want to be back in the game. I want you to use my life as a platform for your glory. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.